Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Vulvacious. Vulva, the external parts of the female genital organs. So today is episode two of Vulvacious. Thanks to everyone who tuned in last week. So today we're actually getting started on the real juicy stuff that we're going to talk about. Today's topic is anatomy and not just like the parts that everyone has, but I want to focus on pleasure anatomy because your parts are made to pleasure you. So why not talk about it? And before I start really getting into this, I just wanted to say that I'll be using the terms men and women frequently, and that's just because most research focuses on the terms men and women in terms of gender, and they don't really differentiate between sex and gender, but there is a difference between sex and gender. Sex is the parts that you have, it's what you're assigned at birth, and gender is more of a social construct that doesn't really have to do with parts. As we all know, everyone can identify with whatever gender they choose, and there's not just male and female, women and men. Gender is not equal to sex, they are not the same thing. But, so most research focuses on male and females, but they call it men and women. So I just wanted to say, this is like a little disclaimer, when I'm talking, I'm talking from research and the research says men and women, I'm assuming that they mean male and female in terms of people with vulvas and or vaginas and people with penises, but that's just my assumption based on what the research is about. Say men and women because that's what the research says, but Just know that's what I actually mean. We're going to talk about pleasure anatomy. So let's start with what is pleasure in terms of sexual pleasure. So everyone experiences sexual pleasure very differently and there's no one right way to experience sexual pleasure. Everyone has their own things that, you know, in quotes, turn them on. There's so many different things that people can do or people experience in order to experience sexual pleasure. Okay, so then let's talk about arousal. This is an interesting fact that I came upon, is that people who were assigned female at birth actually have a smaller area in their brain that's responsible for sex drive than people who are assigned male. I'm just going to do some theorizing here. I don't know the real reason for this, but it could be like socialization, you know, like girls are taught that sex is not equal to pleasure, whereas men are. So maybe that's why the male brain is a larger pleasure center associated with like arousal. I don't know about that. That's just my theory. Based on that fact, it takes a lot more for women to get turned on than men, so to become sexually aroused. A lot of times, this what can happen is women actually just kind of throw in the towel before they even get started because not enough time and attention is given to the need to create the sexual arousal. Because you can have like a little spark of something, but it takes a long time to build that into, hey, I want to have sex now. So that can take a long time to build, but it's really important to focus on building that and not just the act of sex itself. Therefore, I would say that foreplay is really, really important. It's important anatomically because it increases lubrication in men and women, and it also dilates the vaginas. And there's this really crazy thing that happens where the uterus, which is above the vagina, actually moves up towards the belly button. It's called tenting, so the uterus moves up towards the belly button, and it creates more space in the vaginal canal for penetration, which is really, really crazy to me. (laughs) Foreplay is really, really important for anatomy, but it's also important because it's a time to discuss desires and ideas about the rising sexual tension and also to set boundaries for the upcoming experience. But it's important to keep in mind that foreplay 
play itself can be a sexual experience, so before you even get to that point, it's good to make sure that consent is in place and ongoing and enthusiastic at all times before pheromones even enter into the space that you're in. When I was doing like the research, which by the way, there's not much research on like female pleasure, another problem (laughs) that needs to be taken care of. We didn't even know what the clitoris was until like the 1990s. Like, for real. Like, we didn't know what that was until, like, 30 years ago. So, to put that into perspective, women have been around forever, so it doesn't really make sense to me. Anyway, moving along, there was one study that said women are more turned on by particular types of relationships rather than visual cues, whereas men are more turned on by visual cues. But, like, what does that even mean? More turned on by particular types of relationships? I guess, like, that means, like, women are more turned on by, like, romance. That's just, like, a stereotype if you ask me. I don't know. I'll link the reason research article in the description of this episode if you guys wanted to check it out. That's enough about arousal. I mean, we'll always talk about it, but that's enough for now. So let's talk about the parts. The parts are so fun, okay? So we have the female sex organs. The female sex organs include the things inside and outside of the body that are responsible for reproduction and for pleasure. Don't forget that part. For most people who are assigned female at birth, this includes the vulva, the vagina, the cervix, uterus, fallopian tubes, and ovaries. And then like some other little things that are attached. Let's start with what is the vulva because this podcast is called Vulvaceous. So let's identify what the vulva is. So the vulva is not the vagina. Let's make that part clear. I didn't understand this until like a year and a half ago either, so let's just put this out into the world. The vulva is not the vagina, (laughs) okay? So the vulva is actually a term that includes all the external genitalia for females. That includes the labia, the head of the clitoris, the opening to the urethra, the opening to the vagina, and other things, and just the general parts. So, and also important to remember that no two vulvas are the same. Everybody's looks different, but every vulva is good. They're all great, no matter the shape, the size, the color, the symmetry, hair or no hair. It doesn't matter. They're all great. As long as it's not causing you pain, then it's perfect. The first part is the labia, aka the lips. So they're around the vaginal opening. There's the labia majora, which are the outer lips, and then the labia minora, which are the inner lips. The labia actually swell and become more sensitive when sexual arousal increases. Okay, next part, the clitoris. (laughs) Everybody loves I love to talk about the clitoris because it's at the top of the vulva and everyone's clit is different, obviously. And it's usually covered with a clitoral hood. It's like a little flap of skin basically that covers the clit because it is very, very sensitive. It has thousands of nerve endings and it is solely for the purpose of pleasure. There has been no research that has found that the clitoris serves an anatomical function other than pleasure. And pleasure is an anatomical function. When someone gets turned on, the clit becomes swollen and engorged. Another fun fact is that the clitoris actually extends inside the body. It's actually really, really crazy. It looks like, um, almost like the thumb people from Spy Kids. Anyway, I don't know if anyone understands that reference, but to me, that's really funny. And it's a very accurate description of what the actual clitoris looks like. The clitoris extends inside the body and it has roots and legs, totally about five inches long, which is insane. It literally goes all the way through, not all the way through, but like it surrounds the sides of the vaginal canal. The clitoral head is the most sensitive part of the clit and it has thousands of nerve endings, like I said. And these nerve endings are directly linked to the brain's pleasure center, 
So they're supposed to make you feel good. And therefore, don't ignore the clit. I can tell you from personal experience that it is, in fact, fantastic. Okay, so another part of the vulva is the opening to the urethra. The urethra is the tiny hole, tiny little pee hole above the um, opening of the vagina. It connects directly to the bladder. It's where the pee comes out. There are two holes, the urethra and then vaginal canal. Next, we have the opening of the vagina, which is right below the opening of the urethra. Lots of things can go into the vagina. Again, dilates and is lubricated when you get turned on. A lot of people find pleasure out of putting things in their vagina, and that's awesome. That's great. Just make sure that it's body safe. Sex toys, penises, fingers, etc. Lots of things can go in the vagina. Just make sure it's safe. Don't put electric things in the vagina that do not have safety mechanisms. (laughs) Don't get electrocuted in your vagina is what I'm saying. Please, that would be a terrible way to die. If you don't have anything safe, I don't know, pop your hands up there. That's fine too. Okay, so another interesting part, this is related to the clitoris, but also the vaginal canal, is the G-spot, which I I don't have the name of the actual thing, but it's like Grashtonoff spot or I don't know, some, some name of some guy. It's a spot like in the vagina that some women say that they have, no one can really identify what it is. There is some research that suggests it might actually be the roots or legs of the clitoris. So when the clitoris becomes engorged, it gets closer to the vaginal walls and you can feel that. And the clitoris, like I said, is only for pleasure. So when that's stimulated, probably if like you have a G-spot, probably where the clitoris is like against the vaginal wall. Anyway, there needs to be a lot, 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 lot more research on women and female sexual pleasure in general. But that's all we have for now. Also, important to remember that the anus is also considered a sex organ because lots of people find sexual arousal from anal stimulation inside and outside. Do you know that's very sensitive and lots of people experience pleasure from it? So then you have the internal parts of the female sex organs, which is the vagina, the cervix, the uterus, the ovaries, and then some glands. The vagina is the tube that connects the vulva to the cervix. Babies come out of it. Lots of things can go in it. It expands when you get turned on. Vagina is great. It's cool. Next, we have the cervix. It's between the vagina and the uterus. Menstrual blood and babies come out of it. Not much goes into it except for sperm and maybe an IUD if you have one of those. So yeah, so it helps get things lost up your vagina um, because like I said, lots of things can go in there and lots of things can go in there because they don't get lost, which is awesome. The next thing is the uterus where the baby grows. If you have a baby, I mentioned the tenting thing, which is when the uterus moves. That is so cool. Okay. Next is the fallopian tubes. So the fallopian tubes carry the egg from the ovaries to the uterus, and then sperm can also travel through them to get to the eggs. You have the ovaries, you have two ovaries. They produce hormones and they regulate periods and pregnancy. So it releases an egg each month from puberty to menopause, and that egg can either get fertilized or not. And then you have a baby or you don't. All up to the ovaries or birth control. Don't forget to contact your doctor about contraceptive methods. Okay, next, Bartholin's glands. I really don't know if I'm saying that correct, but they're the glands that open near the vagina and they lubricate the vagina when you're aroused. And then there's something called the Skeen's glands, which are on both sides of the urethral opening. The fluid that comes from the bladder can get released via the Skeen's glands during female ejaculation. So super cool. Okay, that is all I have for today. I know it's kind of like maybe a little boring, but hopefully it's not because I think it's stuff that everybody needs to learn. And I'll try to make it interesting, short, sweet, to the point, maybe. Takeaway is that whatever you have, whatever you don't have, it's all 
normal. Everything is normal. Everybody is different. Literally everybody is different. Most of us have the basic parts and some people don't. And whatever you have, it's awesome. It's great. If you can experience pleasure from it, that's awesome. And if you can't, that's okay too. So if there's anything that's bothering you about your parts or about your body and how you feel about it, you know, see your doctor. Most doctors are awesome. I encourage you to see your doctor if you have any questions about anything medical related. I am not a doctor. This is just my research, what I learned on the internet. Um, I'll put all the resources that I got this information from in the description box of this episode. I will say that I found the best information, the most digestible information, the most inclusive for sex and gender and sexuality on Planned Parenthood. So Planned Parenthood has a lot of good organization, a lot of good information about just gender general terms and education and um, resources too. So check out your local Planned Parenthood in person if you want or check out Planned Parenthood's website. Um, has a lot of good information. Next week, I want to talk about what it means to be sex positive. Throw that around a lot. Let's talk about what it means. Be sure to follow me at VolvaciousPod on Instagram and Twitter. Email me at VolvaciousPodcast at gmail.com. Spread the word. Let's talk about sex. Tell your friends about this podcast. I'll see you around. Bye.